the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. for spiritual ascension. presence and glory of God come upon your flesh. Let the spirit of grace come upon your flesh. Let the Holy Spirit love on your flesh. The more you allow the Holy Spirit to love on your flesh, the better you'll feel. Let the Holy Spirit flow through your five natural senses like rivers. (laughs) 
There's a deeper depth we're entering into of divine love. <laughs> Let the tears flow. There's a deeper healing. A deeper knowing God. So good to be with you guys. The supreme intoxication that's over the flesh in the glory of God. your souls from the top of your heads to the bottom of your feet with fresh anointing golden oil flow from the King of Israel Jesus Christ seated on the throne feel in your five natural senses the full ecstasy of the golden oil The anointing breaks off every enslaving yoke of wickedness. How about we get enslaved to righteousness, to ecstasy, to love, to joy, peace, tender humility and harmony with one another. There's so much anointing pouring out of your five golden natural gate senses that it goes through everyone else's five golden gate natural senses and heals us together as one. It's like love glue. The more your senses are glorified, the more it flows through you into other people's senses and heals them from all negativity.
light magic going on here. Ooh. Jesus is king. He is here. Ancient love magic is what created the world. God is a being like us. We're created in the image of God. It was a man that looks like us, that knew how to practice love, <laughs> that created all the heavens and all the earth. It was formed out of his heart. It was formed out of perfect love. That's the foundations of the world. And in Psalms 81, the foundations <laughs> of the world are out of course. Meaning, they're out of love. Our divine love is the restoration of all things and the foundations of the world. Daniel was the chief of all magicians. <laughs> it's because he had Christ in him, the hope of glory. <laughs> Those dark artists know nothing. <laughs> the fullness is in Christ. <laughs> it's going to get magical real quick. There's nothing more magical than practicing love. And there are levels and degrees of love. <laughs> yes. What makes the potent sorcery of Babylon the great evil is that scripture says it deceived the whole world. It kept them away from God's love. You notice that? Everything negative in the world has kept you from experiencing divine love, and that's what deception is. So anything that reveals the truth of the Father's love, the Father's light, the Father's glory, is the true magic. <laughs> Think about this, if the, if the angels that fell practiced dark arts and the secrets of Saint Satan that kept the nations away from the revelations of divine love. What do the holy angels practice? That's right. I saw an angel standing in the sun. Revelation 19. 
What is that angel doing in the light of the sun? Isn't that Ra? Isn't that Egyptian magic? <laughs> well, it's love magic. You clearly know, and every person in the world knows, that demons and sorcerers and fallen angels practice dark arts and sorcery and magic. But that's a counterfeit of the true magic. The true magic that the holy angels practice also includes the elements of the stars, the planetary systems, the moons, the waters. There's angels of the waters. It talks about the angels of the waters. They're doing water magic. Angels of the stars, they're doing star magic. Literally, the enemy's power, which has been in witchcraft, has been by keeping the covenant people paranoid of the powerful sorceries <laughs> the powerful sorceries that belong to the kingdom of heaven and not the kingdom of hell and what makes it a sorcery is that it involves the natural dimension it's real sorcery but it's it's not wickedness it's righteousness it's Moses throwing his staff down and practicing the same thing in appearance in the natural dimension, but the source of his staff was God the Father. The source of the warlock's staffs was Satan. But in the natural, it was the same thing. But it was, I like what Jake said, it was about the source of the sorcery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moses' sorcery was righteousness. The Egyptian sorcery was wickedness because their hearts were bent towards serving the wrong angel. It was all about the roots of the heart obeying one angel or another angel. And you need to understand that nothing that transpires in the surface of the earth is done without angels. Yes, most of the works that we see that have caused problems have been with partnering fallen angels but now we're going to partner with the holy angels and reverse the curse entirely and it starts with beginning to practice angelic magic (laughs) standing in the light of the sun standing in the waters and redeeming everything that Satan and his angels have corrupted because that's the only way you get rid of the fallen angels activity that the true sorcery has to come forth. (laughs) Now, religious people will forfeit these realms, and they'll just keep them internalized. So you have to be bold and brave to take these realms, because the fallen angel's influence in Christianity has kept people away from the deeper and higher things of the kingdom of heaven. It's called practicing righteousness. Practicing the mountaintops. It truly is practicing the same magic that Jesus used to create heaven and earth. It's that same ability we'll use in the Lord Jesus to reverse the curse and undo every magic spell of every fallen angel in all flesh. So so ripe. That's exactly where we're at. I mean, we got to get a picture for what our Lord walked in. And walked on. (laughs) Whoa. 
<laughs> he walked through walls. He made himself invisible from the Pharisees that were trying to kill him. So it is written. He walked on water. He raised baskets of fish and bread to the sky and it fed thousands. He healed people. He raised the dead. I mean, this is the gospel. Paul says, why is it so incredible to you that the gospel we preach that God raises the dead? (laughs) If you don't have a Christian grid, you're like, well, that sounds like necromancy. No, that sounds like Jesus. That sounds like undoing the curse and walking in resurrection power and commanding it forth at your word and at your fingertips that the earth is reformed and released from this fall, from our sin nature. We're literally going to shed the entire sin nature off the planet with his love, glory, magic. Look at it in Revelation as the language of John, two-thirds and one-third. They're using all the same stuff. It's the same, they're talking about water, and they're talking about stars. Clearly written in the Bible. So, the angels are using the same stars, because it says that it darkened one-third of the light of the sun. What what darkens one-third of the light of the sun? selfish angels it has it has to do with the nature of rebellion that doesn't give God the Father the glory but it's the same sun and so it doesn't get darkened anymore when you're actually obeying the Father you're still using the same sun you're still using the same stars you're still using the waters and the trees and the rocks and the clouds you're still using all the elements but you're using them for the glory of the Father. The Lord of all creation. What does that actually even mean? Can you look into your own eyes and see the sparkling of all the stars of the heavens? That's where you're growing up into. There's a place of maturity where your heart's so built in love that it lifts your soul into the heavens and you can see the constellations in your eyes. <laughs> One thing God's been showing me a lot about lately is, first of all, to the pure, all things are pure. To the pure in heart, all things are pure. Because one who's pure in heart has his or her roots in the source of love. And anything that springs up from the source of love has to be pure. And all desires, all motives, all intentions that branch out from that root are pure. So when you're abiding in the vine and you're speaking every word he speaks and you're doing everything that the Father is doing, everything's going to be pure and that's the highest magic. Springing out from there, there's lots of different branches that the Father will have you do. Something he's been talking to me a lot about lately is he called it identity 
and and he he said identity e y e identity, mm-hmm. and and he showed me that how I see things and how I perceive things makes them what they are. It actually cre- you actually create things by seeing them a certain way. The thoughts you think about someone is what you'll see manifest in them. They'll start to lean the direction that you view them, and 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 that's either for evil or for good. When you view them. Love hopes all, perseveres all, believes all. Love believes all. Love love sees through the eyes of itself and sees everyone as perfect, as perfect love. <laughs> love lives in a whiteout, in a complete whiteout, only knowing love. All of your awareness, all of your perception, all of your senses absolutely flooded with the light of pure perfect love from the very heart of the Father. And from that place, you see with rose-colored glasses, and you create everything in your own image. Everyone you see becomes love. (laughs) It's so important what you think about people. And starting to realize, actually, that people's spirits know how you feel about them. People's spirits, regardless of the words you use, regardless of even the emotions that you try to use and manipulate to get them to think a certain way, you might fool fool their soul and their brain, but their spirit knows how you feel about them, and their spirit is affected Mm. dramatically when you view them a certain way. And when people know love, everyone is created out of love, and people know true love. And when they feel that you genuinely love them, that changes people dramatically so powerful and it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced and you can only see that when you've had the father remove this speck and the log out of your own eye (laughs) and your eyes have been cleared up that's why it's identity because this can only happen by gazing into his eyes as you gaze into his eyes he sees you with perfect clarity with perfect purity and you regain your innocence back and you realize that the Father doesn't see you as guilty. He doesn't see you as defiled or perverted. He sees you as an innocent, perfect little child, just the way he made you, wonderfully and perfectly. And that will heal you. That will make you giddy with joy. To be released and free, to be a perfect child, knowing no evil, wow. And then knowing that everyone else around you, that that's their deepest desire too. So you don't have to have fear in being a little child and loving them what the world would normally deem as uncomfortable or or too intimate or just too far, too far to love someone. When you know your confidence and there's no more fear in the love that you've been perfected in, That love knows no boundaries, and it knows no boundaries, no comfortabilities, and that's a a government of love that you, that is authoritative wherever you go, and people want it deep, deep down, and because you know you, they want it deep, deep down, and because you know you have exactly what they want, it's like you bypass all of their brain's programming to say, oh, that's shameful, oh, that's uncomfortable, oh, that's too far, and you completely bypass it and cut straight to their spirit and shock them. 
and wake them up in perfect love. <laughs> so what are we waiting for? What is God waiting for right now? He's waiting for you to realize who you are and the authority that you carry in this present moment and to be awakened to it. That you walk in resurrection power, that you walk in fullness. And with that fullness, you will make sure that none are lost. To understand that you have authority to command the angels, and they will obey you. And to command creation to bend its knee to your will, to the will of the Father, and it will obey you. Preparation before the final harvest. I'll tell you the truth, some of this harvest will be the woes upon the earth. You know, do you, do you understand how much of the earth is going to be destroyed by the judgments? We just heard about one-third of the sun being darkened, you know, one-third of the earth being darkened. But we have to go behind it and raise it up. Uh, sown in the perishable and raised in the imperishable. Mm. Releasing us all from the spiritual prison of Satan and the beast system. And it will be utterly destroyed and rendered powerless by your words, by your hands. I'm starting to get to this place where it's like I've grown in intimacy with God and this is where he wants us all to end up where I'm like okay Lord what do you want to do now and he throws it back at me and says what would you do now and I'm like whoa one it challenges me to think with a bigger picture I have to think outside of myself. I have to put down my own opinions and say, what does the word want to do? What does the word want to do through me? What does the word want to do through the body and through the whole earth? <laughs> and then it's like you're getting counseled right from God himself. And then you know what your direction is. Very clearly. He doesn't have to tell you. It's a place of closeness and trust.
Glory. I'll tell you, one of the biggest traps that Satan has crippled the body with is performance. And that everything has to be humanistically perfect. But it's not so. If you have faith like a little child, which is means it's pure, joyful, fun, and that you're just enjoying the things at your disposal. Look, I mean, you don't sit down and 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 a and a two-year-old's playing on the little xylophone for the first time, and say, "Oh, you're playing the song wrong. Let me show you how to play it." No, you sit there and laugh and enjoy, just like the kid is that it's playing on the xylophone. It, there's no right or wrong in the tune. It's that it was joyful, fun, loving, and bringing something forth in faith. In childlike faith, we are given the new song. The 144,000 are given the new song. That means he's giving you the joyful, playful permission to go create it. That's why this is the funnest place to be in all of time and all of creation because we literally have the fullness and the full reigning authority from childlike mm. faith to go write the new song with God. And at the Ooh. end of it, all we will see is perfection. <laughs> Can you guys uh, feel that? I love you. <laughs> Drink our love. Yeah. Let's all of, let all of our love mix together and make mixed love, mixed wine. <laughs> we haven't really seen what we're capable yet of in love. Yeah. We've seen all the counterfeit and the negative, and we've seen all the hate and the greed and the jealousy, the suspicion and the strife, but we haven't seen mixed love anywhere. <laughs> we haven't seen it anywhere. So let's do something new and mix our hearts together. There is so much love and you get vulnerable and when you see when people are sincere and genuine you can let your walls come down and you can share your heart and it's a spiritual thing. It's called intimacy or fellowship. That's why it's a marriage supper. Scripture says the promised land is a marriage supper amongst a group of people, which I believe is tens of millions, that will let the walls of protection come down from their hearts. They'll get vulnerable and they'll start loving perfectly and sharing that love inside each other's hearts. And that mixed love is the best wine saved for last. That mixed love, the mixed wine of those who share their hearts with each other and build each other's hearts up into the fullness of the glory of God is what ramsacks Babylon the Great. It's what destroys all the counterfeits of Satan and his angels. Love is the final judgment of this world. 
Our mixed love will bring forth world peace. It's a spiritual substance because we're fighting a spiritual war. Poverty is a spirit. War is a spirit. You're dealing with principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions of spiritual wickedness. The strongest spiritual righteousness demolishes the strongest spiritual wickedness. And the strongest spiritual righteousness is our mixed love. So let it just swirl and let the angels of love be loosed to share each other's love one to another. Let all the walls of division and faction and strife come melting down. The walls of Jericho come down. The walls of Saul. Every lie, every bit of pride that has separated humanity. Literally, every nation. Let it come down and melt. You'll find that people will come alive in this love. Don't even look at non-Christian and Christian anymore. Don't look by the old wineskin standards because a lot of that's just fake religious garbage anyway most of it is look by those who share their hearts with divine love glory the holy spirit of love shared one with another burning in each other's hearts will burn as one heart of fire of the father's love on earth i believe millions of people will have their walls of separation, the walls of deception, the walls of delusion come down, the walls of the curse be burned away when you let this love take over your heart and there will be a love connection. It's called being a member of the body of Christ, a member of the bride, the bridal company. Oh yeah. (laughs) Feasters of the marriage supper that learned how to love with God's love. It will demolish everything Satan's ever done. The only spiritual war is the war of love. And everything the enemy has is a twisting of love or a logical, reasonable thing of why you should judge something, be critical of something, (laughs) be negative. All the tempter does is tempt you to get into your head and have an excuse why you can't connect your heart to that person's heart because they're not worthy because they haven't believed the same doctrine and they're not the same religion and they're weird or whatever (laughs) I'm telling you that's all the demons do is block the unity of the brethren in divine love Satan and his angels have never done anything else in the history of humanity except love blockages. And so everyone that's wounded has love wounds. And some are healthier than others because some have learned how to receive love and you drink the waters of life and you get built up in love and you have an abundance in a storehouse of love to heal others and turn them into lovers out of slavery to sin and connect their minds to love and disconnect their minds from the intruder of sin. the delusion that you are separated from God. Love is the revelation and experience that God has connected himself to you in reality by a living spirit and a living breath that can be physically felt all the time on earth as it is in heaven. 
And the reason why some don't feel it is because we have wounds. So the issue is you have to get vulnerable, you have to open up the wounds, take the band-aids off the wounds, and let love shine into your wounds. And the healthier you are, the more you'll feel love and even come to a place of being intoxicated and drunk with love. And feast on love, and that's when you get built up to be in the marriage supper. But everyone comes out of such woundedness that it's hard to let your wounds be exposed to divine love. Because everyone thinks, i got to be perfect before I come to God, or I have to pretend to be this image of something to my neighbor and to other people because I care what others think. And we have all these walls that protect us from actual divine healing. And if you let them come down, divine healing will manifest. You have to get more undignified than this, more vulnerable, more open, to receiving more love to heal more people. That's how leaders are formed. <laughs> they were all wounded, some of the most wounded, but they let their wounds be presented to God and He healed them and He shines through those wounds and He can heal others through formerly wounded people. Forgiven much, love much. What are you forgiven? Everything that was a blockage of love. Now you experience His love like a river and now you can give it to others and you have the words that can bring their minds into that experience every word is a key for your mind to connect with the kingdom <laughs> anyone that walks out of the experience of divine love that walks in the realm of the garden of eden every one of their words is a key for your mind if you can receive it so be connected by kingdom keys to the Garden of Eden in every word we speak to you. In Jesus' name. And that's how you're going to grow. You know, this is the time the, the, we're, we're, all the prophetic streams are saying it, what, the roaring 20s, right? You got to go out there and roar with your voice. Amen. You got to be the one to show the lion of the tribe of Judah on this earth. I see many of you getting activated in that. Us included. Where we're literally going amongst the community. And roaring with our voice and opening up new doors to harvest. New things are taking place. Look, look at this. Okay, look at, look at the spiritual climate and the shift that's happened, even in the charismatic stream. And there's a deeper place than that. We all know, but even that, there's still, there's, there's stages taking place. Kanye West is going to speak now at one of the biggest uh, stadium conferences out in L.A. It was just announced yesterday. Like, there is increase across the board, and there are people that you better believe that this is just the beginning. Who do you think planted the seeds for Kanye West's awakening to happen? He's not the only one. How many billionaires have bowed their knees to Christ in the last three, four years since the election? At least a handful 
of of public figure billionaires. And that's just the beginning. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Do you want to be the one who goes before Bill Gates and gets him to bend his knee before Christ? That's the calling. Do you want to be the one who goes before the governors and presidents of the nations and have them bow their knees before Christ? Because that's the calling. That's where we're at. Where we're not looking at the situation, we're not looking at humanistic performance. We're looking at righteousness. We're looking at the harvest of the end times. <laughs> and having a blast with it. It should be the funnest thing and the most loving thing you're able to do. There's no bitterness in it. You don't have to be the bitter prophet. You know, and go strike them down. I mean, there will be certain powers that will be struck down. But all you have to do is infect the globe with the love of God. Literally. His love is infectious. It's healing. It has tremendous power to work through the most impossible. I mean, I'm telling you, we are seeing some of the most impossible things made completely possible. Complete, <laughs> completely impossible to have breakthrough to have these type of manifestations, to have people getting delivered without even speaking a word to them physically. Because the realm of the Spirit is so active and everything is working by the power of love. That's what we get to partake in. If you prepare your heart before you go, you're preparing the hearts of the people you're going to encounter as well. Who is the gardener? Who gardens our hearts? Who is the one who is pruning our hearts and preparing us? God the Father. So if He's preparing you to go, He's preparing the person for you to go before as well. But you got to not look at the outcome. There's going to be times, you know, you might go to five different governors and two of them see you and three of them slam the door on you. You don't, have to, you don't have to look at the three who slammed the door. You, you just look at the fact that you went according to the word of God. According to the will of God. Look, we are literally going to take back the entire inheritance for the church. Everything will come into the river. Everything. It has to. So get a vision for how much fun you can have with the Father every single day. <laughs> because it's literally endless. And many of you will be able to step in and reap tremendously. But you got to be at a place where you're completely emptied of your own ob objectives and ideas. Like you might go before a king of a nation... And you might have nothing. You might have not a single thing to say on the way there. That's perfect because then you're completely empty of your fleshly desires. And the love that's in you should be so strong that, that your flesh has no, no power over you anyway. 
And when you're fueled by that kind of love, you're unstoppable. What's the purpose of going to these people, you know? And look, don't get me wrong. We go to the least and the greatest. Amen. But honestly, like the way I see it is the people in in power who aren't under the rule of God are the least right now. The billionaires who aren't under the power of God and have not bent their knees to God are the least. They have the most to lose. They're literally the ones in poverty. They're literally the ones who are homeless. They have no eternal home and they have no riches because they've put everything in this world. So when the Lord says to go to the poor and to the homeless, he's saying go to those whose power is in this world and bring them into my riches and bring them into my home. That's fulfilling the gospel. Beautiful. so much available right now. Just open your hands if you want it and just receive. (laughs) Nothing else matters. Spirit love is consuming your flesh as you're watching this. There's a brightness that's coming upon the viewers right now. I can see the Holy Spirit like a bright sun. And you're going to start to physically experience the love of the Holy Spirit much more strongly. It's going to be like the light of the sun to you, but with Jesus in it, and the power of the Holy Spirit through the light of the sun, the bridegroom's chambers. There's been a corruption in the light so that people are insensitive to the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will come upon all flesh, not just in Peter's day in Acts 2, but in our day in 2020. (laughs) Acts 2020. (laughs) And it's going to be 2,020 times stronger than Acts 2, because it's an ever-increasing glory. A lot of this stuff has been reserved in the heavens until now, until we grew up into that high place in spiritual stature. And when your mind is lifted up, you get rewards. When we were young in the spirit, our minds were low in the spirit. Now that we're older in the spirit, we grew up like the tree of life. And your head goes into the heavens, 
and gains abilities as it rises through the heavens. There comes a place where you start getting these rewards in the heavens and it drops stuff down below. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of Heavenly Lights. It's coming down as you've gone up into the Father in the heavens, even in the stars. The stars will reign on earth. Who can establish the kingdom of the stars from their courses on the earth, Job says. Those whose souls are built up into the stars having their head in the heavenly angelic sphere, no longer on earth at all. <laughs> Second heaven's abilities is for everyone that overcomes the earth's atmosphere. It's in the earth's atmosphere that you deal with all the principalities, because once you overcome the earth's atmosphere, you've overcome the flesh, and your heart and mind are built up into what's above the flesh, in the heavens what Adam forfeited to the fallen angels you now gain through Christ the sheep gate is access to those divine abilities in the celestial sphere and you begin to reign just like Satan and his angels did for 6,000 years influencing all thought life on earth now you influence all thought life on earth no longer with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil covering of the second heavens because you rose up and took your place in the heavens, and now you're covering with the tree of life. And the covering of those leaves is the healing of the nations. But it's all about your spiritual stature and your mind rising in spiritual development, getting built up in love. And you'll have every religious person around you tell you, don't go higher in the heavens. Don't go higher in the spirit. And they'll have a roof over your head saying, this is as high as our pastor goes. If you go any higher than our pastor, you're a heretic and a cult leader and a false prophet. And you hear that thousands of times, and you just keep going higher because you're with your angel. This is the key, too, that you have to be with your assigned angel. Every single one of you has been given a guardian angel. It's written in Psalms 91. You have a guardian angel, and it's your spirit guide. <laughs> It's an angel guide given to you by God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, a real spirit guide, not a demon, but a holy angel. And the holy angel assigned to you is you following the Father through the course of your life on earth. Mm-hmm. And your angel grows as you grow, but your angel hears directly from God, and you hear from your angel, and you hear what God the Father is saying, and you follow your angel. It's true. Every single person in the Bible that was led in spiritual experiences was led by angels. Look at the book of Revelation. The whole book of Revelation was John being led by angels into spiritual experiences. It's the same from Genesis to Revelation, but for some reason, very few of us get it in this generation because we've been so ripped off by Jezebel. Totally. But obedience to the Father is following your guardian angel through this life. Amen. So bind your heart and your soul and your flesh to your angel guide, and you will fulfill your perfect destiny of God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ in this earth. And it will just so quickly bypass all the religious garbage that's just death trying to steal from you. And you won't be into rebellion because your angel won't sin because it's a holy angel. You just overcome everything. It gets so easy 
as you're led by your angel guide. I'll tell you guys. It's really the next step of easy and light for everyone in the river. <laughs> and your angel become like one of your best friends. You get to know your angel's name, your nature. It's all according to your destiny and your part in the body of Christ. And, and you'll have no lack in any area of your life. Most of the reason why we suffer is because we're not even working with our angel in this earth. We're doing all this other stuff that people told us we're supposed to do and all these ideas in our head, but they're not from God. Most of them aren't from God. We need to birth it from our heart and follow the Spirit. Amen. You'll see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus Christ was led by angels in everything he did from his Father in heaven. <laughs> there wasn't one activity he did that he wasn't led by his angels. <laughs> so everything you do, you're led by the river and the river of angels. And then you'll never lose because no matter what the enemy comes around does, you'll have angel armies surrounding you. And it'll just be a massacre and a slaughter. They can't touch you anymore. But if you're outside of your angel leadership in your life assigned to you from God the Father, you'll have nothing but problems your whole life. So repent and come back and just say, Father, whatever angel you've assigned to me, to be an angel guide through the earth and back into the heavens to restore me and all my soul back to you. Activate my angel guide. Mm -hmm. I acknowledge my guardian angel. You all have them. And let my heart awaken to the angelic realm. Let my eyes be open to see angels and to hear from angels, just like Jesus and all the prophets that heard from God in the entire scriptures. So we can be a living, angelic people that are powerful, angelically. It's the seven stars in our right hand. The, church, oh. the, the seven stars, the seven archangels to the seven churches, of which is all the living in the world. Yeah. All the new covenant people in the world. You have archangels assigned to the churches of the world. So good. <laughs> all angel power has been given in the right hand of the body of Christ to pastor this world. The issue is learning how to work with the angels. Then you'll be very powerful, gets very easy, and it gets extremely fun. That's when signs, miracles, and wonders begin to pop continuously, and you start living the high life. Amen. <laughs> well, brother, you know, I don't know, there's those tarot readers, and they work with angels too. What's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. We know the source of our angels. We don't just think there's some mystical angels flying around and we just communicate with the angels for the sake of communicating. No, we know they're connected to God the Father. We know they're sent from God the Father. And all we're doing is using our angels more like a cell phone. You know when you're sending text messages? This is like a, this is like a physical angel ascending on the physical realm. Ascending. You're sending your, your your angel is communicating things to the throne of God the Father and bringing things back, and he's in flight. It's it's a form of moving data from place to place, from one realm to this to another realm to this realm. So we don't stop at just the angel and let the angel pervert it. No, we go to God the Father, the source, and let it be brought back to us, sending and receiving, ascending and descending. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Very important. 
And a lot of New Agers know that angels are from the Father and they're working with angels better than Christians. So mm. it's time to step it up. Good point. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of people who dislike the name Christian and don't associate with Christ at all know Christ a lot better than a lot of Christians do. And they just don't call him Christ because Christians have ruined that name. Because they've avoided the religious spirit. Yeah, and that's really good for them. I've seen a lot of really, really pure hearts in a lot of New Agers. I've seen a lot of really pure hearts in just normal, everyday people who aren't spiritual. And it's time to just erase all boundaries and see people for the heart, just like God sees people. He sees people at a heart level. And he sees how they've cultivated their own heart and the choices they've made throughout their lives, either for good or for evil, and how they've strived to keep their heart pure. And it's time to see people for that, beyond all walls, beyond all divisions, and call them up into a higher life. Call them up into the glory. Call them up into the glory of the Lord. And you don't even have to use the right words. (laughs) Just being around them, you can work with their spirit and pull them up. (laughs) And you don't need to get them to believe what you believe. Just if you get them on the glory, that's them seeking first the kingdom. That's getting you to seek the kingdom and all that everything else will just be added onto it. Everything else will sort itself out. All you need to worry about is just beaming on them. Mm -hmm. Loving them. Mm. Well, just drink a cup of angelic activation. (laughs) (laughs) Everything we've lost by just trying to do it in the flesh and not working with our angels. I mean, I tell you what, it's a thousand times harder than it needs to be. There's a reason why God has given every single one of us an angel. That's the only way you can be successful in this life. No prophet in the Bible had any success, any guide in the spirit, any any advancement without the angels. Look at Daniel in Babylon. So good. It was fighting the prince of Persia. And what, Michael the archangel was delayed 40 days because of the principality? Whoa. I mean, we're talking about working with archangels, taking down entire demonic kingdoms. How much more today in Babylon the Great taking down everything Satan's ever done for 6,000 years? That's why we need seven stars. We need all classes from the archangels down throughout all flesh in the whole world. Amen. And we have that today. And it's activating as we drink. Your head will disagree because the head's a religious demon until it becomes a love slave to your spirit. Literally, in your head, you'll have a mark of a beast, (laughs) the the sense and reason throne of Satan, the mind of Cain, and you have to melt it down. Our words have the power to melt it down through your skulls. The golden image of Nebuchadnezzar isn't this external thing out here. It's right upon your brain. And as you drink, it melts it down through your brain. That's what brings your brain into submission to Christ the drink. 
I've never seen anyone overcome anything that didn't learn how to drink. It was always religion, 100% of the time. No matter how charismatic and fancy it sounded, it was garbage. <laughs> because you gotta get undignified to get drunk. <laughs> you gotta get outside of your body and maybe knock over a vase and break it in your mom's house and just get so totally crazy that you break all the wires and the cables in your mind and you just get set free in the spirit. <laughs> set Whoa. free in the spirit and you take up space when you walk into a room Whoa. because you're not afraid to knock things around and get crazy. <laughs> and you're not bound down like this. You're out like this. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that's true. You gotta break some vases. That's a good word. It reminds me. I was in. I was in a, a foreign country on a trip. And I was about to preach, and I remember they, they put this little flower vase up by the up by the podium. And this little child came up and pushed the pillar and knocked the vase off and broke the vase. Like a two-year-old. I was like, whoa. I thought that was like the most awesome thing i ever seen. Because that's like what all the prophets talk about is busting open the vases. And then the, this religious devil parent came up and spanked the child and said to the as well. I was like, no. I was like... That was just a prophetic act from the Lord, and it was scriptural, and everyone missed it except me. Yeah, dash the nations to pieces like pottery. You get that external stuff off. You find the glory within. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Jesus at the marriage supper, marriage feast or whatever, and... He stands up on the last day of the festival and he says, Whoever is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever is hungry, come to me and feast, or whatever he said. And that was totally out of order. That was totally out of what he should have been doing culturally. He probably shouldn't have just... I imagine him like standing up on the middle of the table, like just like yelling at everyone and getting them to stop what they're doing. And they were probably all talking about just normal stuff. And he just broke it open and totally brought it to the depths. Brought it to the depths. Of, of the spirit and immediately just cut everyone short from underneath and that's what I see a lot of you doing is be going all crazy prophet just mm. just doing crazy crazy stuff to shock people out of their natural senses stuff that you shouldn't do stuff that you're not supposed to do and just totally break people's grid and break people's boxes and, and when you shock their natural senses then you can just shoot glory and shoot spirit into them and just blow them up from the inside out mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it's kind of like when Jesus raised the one, uh, I think it was the little girl from the dead, you know, he's sitting there and everyone's weeping, everyone's mourning. What did he do? He threw everyone out of the room. He's like, get out of here. (laughs) Like, that's pretty crazy to go into a funeral and to shut everyone up from their crying and send them out the funeral home and to go in there to go raise that person from the dead. Like, that's box-shattering, vase-shattering faith. Mm. Glory. (laughs) 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 Yeah.
just release that wine and you can dip your bread in it. Every word, I see those words floating around like loaves of fresh bread. Whoa. <laughs> just grab that bread. Mm. Whoa, and dip it into good. the wine. They're mm. swirling. They're swirling. Mm. Marriage feasting. Oh my God. The marriage part of it's so important because of the acknowledgement of the covenant of who's your brothers and sisters in the heart. Because you can't really love unless you acknowledge what the covenant is. With the person's heart with God and then your heart with other people's hearts. Because true Christian love is being set apart from just part of the animal race to being a new race of people on earth, God's race. It says race in Peter, that you are a race of holiness now. You're a race of the divine sperm. In First John it says that you've been born of the sperm of God and you're a new race of creatures. And so the covenant acknowledges that you're of the same race of beings as Jesus Christ who was born of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin. You've been born again of the Virgin, of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that your nature is virginity. Your spirit is always pure and spotless and virgin. The issue is your mind getting renewed to who you are and what you are as a creature. Most Christians have no grid whatsoever for being of the divine heavenly class of beings that created the heavens and the earth with a whisper. And so we limit ourselves to being mere mammals, taking marks of beasts on our forehead, instead of actually being the divine angelic class of creator being Elohim gods. Yeah. You are gods. <laughs> you preach that around people manifest like crazy. But that's the acknowledgement of being born of God's seed and God's sperm and God's spirit and God's waters. And anyone that doesn't receive that message and that revelation actually shuts down the holy child that God the Father is trying to form in them and lives out of the animal nature. That's what bewitchment is. Having begun in the spirit, trying to finish in the flesh, Galatians 3.1, that most people having experienced the Spirit still live out of the carnal mind ability. Even the gifts of the Spirit can be operated out of the carnal mind. Jesus Christ preached that. Mm -hmm. But they didn't know how to operate only exclusively out of their Spirit all the time. Mm -hmm. To count the old animal nature as garbage. The days of Noah are a people that come into the ark of His glory and count the old animal Adamic nature as garbage, as literally an animal sacrifice to the fire of the Holy Spirit to transfigure them into a new creation reality from the inside out. And it's a spirit reality, and you can be living in it at an archangel level, and people will still look at your external man and judge you. That's where the apostles and prophets are at. Many of the most mature apostles and prophets are living with the archangel's 24-7. Uh, but most of the body is so immature that they can't even see what these men and women are in the Spirit. And so, more than ever, we need the teaching of the true apostles and the true prophets to build up everyone in the world 
in the glory of God to see the Spirit more than the flesh. <laughs> Because we see transfiguration as, oh my God, it's going to be like, I'm just going to be looking at a light being. Listen, when Jesus Christ transfigured in Mount Hermon, they only saw him for a moment. He came down the mountain, but his Spirit was still shining that bright. He was like that all the time. The issue is, people were carnally minded and couldn't see him as a spirit angelic being. They saw him as a natural man and they said he was the carpenter's son and they blasphemed and murdered him. No kidding. Even though he was the fullness of deity all the time, they couldn't see his angelic nature. That's the angel of the Lord with a, with a flesh suit on. The Old Covenant, Jesus Christ in the Bible, is the angel of the Lord. You have the angel of the Lord, the maker of Michael, Uriel, Raphael, Gabriel, and all the archangels right there in the flesh, and they're ju judging him as a mere peasant, as an insignificant man, an uneducated man. And how does he know so much? They're calling him names. They're calling him dumb. They're calling him wrong over and over again, and he's the fullness of God the Father angelically right face to face with them. This is why so many people miss it, because their eyes are not trained for the Spirit. If your eyes are tuned to the Spirit, man, you'll have an easy life. If your eyes are tuned to the natural, it'll be butting heads with brick walls every day, because that's what pride is. Idolatry and pride are having your senses tuned into the natural dimension of delusion of the fallen angels. Satan and his angels want you to be prideful. They want you to blaspheme. They want you to be blind. Blind and leading the blind. <laughs> That's how they operate. That's how they keep the heavens and keep humans like slave animals down under the dust of the earth. But when a people become angelic, Daniel 12, they will rise with the Prince Michael from the dust of the earth and they'll shine as the stars of the heavens forever, Daniel 12 says. So it's all about forsaking the animal nature by coming into the ark of his glory and fully embracing the angelic nature and being more familiar with the cherubim and seraphim than you are with the sin nature, with the Cain nature, with the carnal mind. That the carnal mind and its thinking patterns become as bizarre as the realm of hell to you. Like if you don't know Russian... So you speak English, it's as bizarre as speaking Russian. You have no idea the gibberish they're talking about. I can't even fathom that type of thinking to be so carnally minded, unspiritual, earthly, and demonized. It needs to become that foreign to you as you reject the animal and embrace the angelic within you. Christ, the angel of the Lord, already in you, the hope of you realizing the glory and ascending into the angelic realm above the curse. And it's above the curse as you ascend by embracing the spiritual and rejecting the animalistic that you'll find the marriage supper of the Lamb. And there's a feast prepared for you already. And it's a feast of revelation of who you are, who God is, and your role in the eternal kingdom. You'll find your throne. You'll find your seat. You'll find your true eternal friends. You'll find your true eternal destiny. There'll be no more confusion. And everything will come together in clarity. And you'll be fulfilled. And you'll play your part 
as a member in particular of the body of Christ, and you'll build up everyone around you when you learn how to receive prophetic revelation of who you are. Amen. No more blindness. No more dullness. No more carnality. Let the floods of glory come upon your flesh and crucify your flesh, not in a painful way, but in a glorious way. It's a glorious and sweet death to the animal nature. People in the past have been so reluctant to die because the temptations of this world are just every day. Do the wrong thing. Why does the path to destruction? But when a people stand up and raise the standard of the Garden of Eden and the pleasures of God in His right hand forevermore, and they begin to show how His goodness is so much better than anything Satan has, and they teach with such clarity that you understand the sacrifice of your animal nature, millions will come to the ark. The ark is the formation of the city of David and the temple of Ezekiel 47. It is. I will gladly give up my human beast nature to live in my living creature nature on the tops of the mountains. Of course, everyone wants that. It's eternal life. It's the funnest, most thrilling life you could ever live. The issue is we haven't understood how to get there. And now the apostles and prophets have more revelation. Daniel 12, knowledge shall increase. And they'll begin teaching how everyone can ascend the seven mountains to live in the city of David, the water city, and to live in the temple of David, the water temple. And from that place begin to have dominion over the natural dimension, over all flesh, over the birds of the air and everything that crawls on the earth and everything under the earth and everything that swims in the sea. Everything that flies, everything that walks on two feet or four feet, doesn't matter what dimension it's in, doesn't matter what kingdom it's in, when you rise on top of the mountains, you have dominion over all of it. And that's where you're going. Amen. Glory. I see the Father doing something with the last vertebrae in your spine connected to your skull right there in the back. And I see him pouring this hot love, glory, star oil right in there, just a sizzling hot oil to fuse. There's been a disconnection, but to fuse that last vertebrae of your spine to your skull and connect you to the complete death, the complete crucifixion of Jesus Christ at Golgotha, at the place of the skull, and complete surrender of your entire spine and your entire will to the will of the Father, so that your will is the Father's will, so that the Father's will is your will. And you legitimately, legitimately just desire everything He desires. and. At this point, everything gets so light and so easy because His desire for you is amazing, beautiful things far beyond your comprehension to even understand how good they are. So, just let Him work on that place right now. For some of you, it's a, it's a final death. It's a final choice 
to give up that last dream you have of the natural realm, to give up that last hope and desire for your own will and your own selfish ambition. And some of you don't know how close you are to heaven. And it's just one step away, one choice away, one surrender away. <laughs> A lot of precious gemstone revelation has been put into your bellies today. May you treasure these gems of eternal revelation within your rich treasury of glory as the most valuable, precious gems in all the world. Because they are. They have the power to save you and to raise you up over anything in this world. You begin to value the Word of God that's living and active and energized. You'll overcome anything. You'll get sharp, you get powerful. These are the true treasures of the world. It's time to believe fully. When your heart knows something and you hear the Spirit and your heart resonates with what the Spirit has said, it's time to no longer question it, not even a little bit. It's time to no longer fear, but to trust that the Shepherd's ability to lead you transcends your ability to even follow Him. And it's time to immediately take action, immediately respond, immediately believe with no questions, and just get in your lane and go. Get in your lane of belief and go, not looking to the right or to the left, but just go, 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 go. And you would not believe how short the journey out of Egypt into the promised land is if you set your sights on the heavenly city and you just go. It's a short 11-day journey. That's what um, theologians said, that like all the wandering they did in the desert could have been accomplished in 11 days if they had taken the most direct route. 11 days. It's, you're, you're standing on the edge. That's what the Father said to me today. You're standing on the edge of forever. We're standing on the very edge of forever. Yeah. You know, one of the things that happens, too, when you've got generational slavery, you get cell mentality. Think of it in the natural. People who've spent, you know, 30, 40 years in prison, they come out, they're 70 years old, they don't understand the world anymore because it's transformed while they've been locked up. How much more for us who have been spiritually imprisoned for generations, 2,000 years and even longer, the reason they were walking around in circles in the wilderness is they had to realize how free they were, that they were no longer bound by chains of their oppressors. So the way forward for us to not keep going in circles is to take flight, to take off into the depths and the heights of the spiritual things that are available as quickly as possible and come to the recognition of how free we are to start walking in it and manifesting it completely on the face of the earth. (laughs) Fullness of freedom. We don't even know what that is, but it comes out of our heart. Yeah. The mind cannot imagine the things that God has prepared for you, Scripture says. So, the trusting and the believing is that it can be birthed out of your heart. That what God's doing in your heart is greater than anything you can do in your head under the curse for yourself. 
That's what it means to walk by faith, is to sacrifice the head's ability for what God can birth through your heart. And all freedom comes from the heart. Mm-hmm. And you learn to disciple your soul to, the, to Christ in your heart. Until your soul is fully submitted in every room in the interior castle. And you're perfected in light, perfected in faith. Yeah. And the faith shines from within the heart. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You're connected to eternal fusion power. Yeah. It's not the head connected to anything on the outside, it's the head connected yeah. to Christ in you, the hope of glory. No hope, no, your your soul anchored to no hope, no dream, no security except for the heavenly city. Mm. Only one vision for 2020. Yeah, New Jerusalem manifests out of our hearts. <laughs> the DNA and the programming and the blueprint have been inside the seed of Jesus, inside everyone that asked Jesus into their heart. Few have ever developed it to manifest the city of God. Now together we'll manifest from all of our hearts connected in love, the mixed wine, the mixed hearts, mixed love, will manifest the full blueprint of God over the seven mountains, the full city of New Jerusalem, and the water temple in the center of the city. And we'll all come together as our hearts explode in love. So the only thing you need to do to be perfected in all of these truths is to learn how to love from your heart. And you go on autopilot. Yeah, that's it. You'll automatically flow with anything God the Father is doing if your heart's full of love and you stay in love and don't let your love wax cold. That's Mm. true. you'll find that that's all that matters. It's all you care about. You become a love junkie. (laughs) And he shares his knowledge from intimacy. So you get really smart, but you'd be so drunk on love that you sound really stupid all the time. (laughs) (laughs) The more revelation you have, it comes out of intimacy, but you're so drunk on love all the time, you don't really sound that intelligent. (laughs) What is this babbler saying? They said of Paul and... Acts 17 to the Areopagus. He's the most highly educated man in the planet, but he's so high in the glory that he can't even, you think he's like a toddler talking to them, trying to teach them. You know, Jesus, you know, the intelligence of the world, the intelligence of all angels. And they said, what is this uneducated man teaching? He sounded like a rambling fool. They didn't understand what he was saying. They called him uneducated. There's a stupidity on purpose in the mature things of God because it's so infused with substance. It's better felt than telt. And it humbles the carnal mind that thinks it's smart by, you know, all the intelligence that's in the world, the vain philosophy of the world the Greek education for your brain, but you're left devoid of any true life in your heart. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil makes you look smart in front of others, but you're really dumb on the inside. You're dumb spiritually. So it's like valuing being spiritually smart or being 
damnation smart? Yeah. Fallen angels smart or Jesus Christ eternally smart? And most people have a mixture of both. And so we got to get rid of the mixture that says I'm, I'm smart by being something in the flesh and start being smart by being a co-heir with Christ and a partaker of the divine nature. And your intelligence comes from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit infusing your spirit. And your spirit then infuses your soul and your flesh and you share in the genius of God the Father. And there will be times that you shine and you can be scholarly and all of that. It's not all being an idiot all the time. But most of the time, He wants to humble you and humble others, especially for the leaders. It's very important so that God the Father can get all the credit. And it's not like, oh, just this man or that man. Look at the... It's them. They can see the Father shining through people. The humbling is so important for all the leaders so that people can see Christ and not someone's, you know, bachelors in science. Amen. <laughs> One of the first things God the Father does, just like He did with Saul of Tarsus into the Apostle Paul, is He takes away your religious education. Five years in Bible college from 2001 to 2006, I said, why did you send me there? It was dark night of the soul. But one of the first things that was taken after I got baptized into the glory of God is everything I learned in Bible college. It's just none of it works, none of it's relevant. It's all just man's ideas for successful Christianity and it's not even kingdom based it's not based from the throne of God it's not taking orders from God it's dead religion even in Pentecostal and charismatic education systems and it's just going to burn up I'm telling you unless you're taking orders directly from the throne through the archangels it's going to burn because it's not from God it's strange fire and dead works and so so much of the stuff that's been done down here calling itself Christian and Jesus is just going to be revealed for iniquity iniquity means doing your own thing putting God's name on something that you did but he didn't authorize it's all going to burn and when that burns there will be clarity as to what's from God and that's how our city will begin to shine and our temple will get filled with people when all the iniquity of Christianity burns and that'll be the greatest service to mankind of all time. The total annihilation of dead works and strange fire. Amen. So if you want to partner with the total annihilation of dead works and strange fire, that's our full-time job. We've been going after that every day for over a decade to burn up all the works of iniquity taking our orders directly from the throne out of encounters and continuous angel guide leadership every single day. We don't do anything except what we see our Father doing. We don't speak anything except what we hear our Father speaking for over 10 years at Red Letter Ministries. And our team is getting bigger. Our community is getting stronger and is growing. We could use your financial support. You can donate at redlettermen.com. And there's all kinds of different ways you can give. All your giving is tax exempt. We're a Minnesota nonprofit. And you get a tax receipt for your giving if you'd like that for your businesses. Partner with your businesses with Red Letter Ministries. Come under this apostolic covering of several apostles in one ministry that will just totally transform your life. And it's not about the name of a ministry. It's about the role in the kingdom. You're not partnering with an organization. This isn't worldly Christianity. You're partnering with the city of David. 
and you're partnering with the Ezekiel Water Temple. You're partnering with what we're establishing on the tops of the mountains that will take over all civilization eventually, and it starts with you taking a step of faith and partnering your finances with this ministry. It's a huge deal to bring your sacrificial offerings into the third temple, into the water temple, and into the tabernacle of David, that we are authorized and commissioned by the Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ to build in our generation. Redletterman.com. Amen. I love you so much. (laughs) Glory. You all mean so much to me. Love you guys. Have the drunkest night of your life. Glory. Heavenly dreams. Angelic downloads. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians. I'll read this one. Ephesians 1 3. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift. From our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because He sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. Amen. You. Oh my God. Oh.